my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, may we remember the darkness of the water and the cup is our sinfulness, and yet by your grace you cleansed us. And due to that, we are Abraham's descendants and part of your family. And due to that, we're all the same. Sinners redeemed equally by our Lord and Savior. Bless us with that truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I lived in the Peoria area, and Brad Paisley came to the Peoria Civic Center, and one of our members was an employee there, so she got my wife and I children to the Brad Paisley concert. The nice thing about going to see Brad Paisley at the Peoria Civic Center is only like 7,000 seats, so there's really not a bad seat in the house, and so we're in the upper deck. And there we got to see Brad Paisley. He's really good. And he always would, would, would throw his picks. He'd play a pick with his car, throw it out. He'd throw out other th- stuff into the crowd. Really pretty cool. Seems like a really nice guy. But it was about a two-hour concert, and they had, uh, of course, they had a warm-up act as well. Uh, but the, the unique thing, if you ever go to a concert, you sort of get multi-entertainment, because when Brad Paisley's on stage, someone inevitably wants to get on stage with him. And so a couple young ladies got on stage, started dancing, a man or two tried to get on stage and started dancing with him. If you want to get on stage with Brad Paisley, you're going to meet about four people. They're these big football-sized players, and they don't escort you off the stage. They carry you off the stage. Because on stage there's only room for how many? One. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you've ever been on stage, but, but for some of us, we like to be on stage, and we sort of like to be one. I was telling that to one of my members, and my member told me, remember, Pastor Muse, how many people can be on stage at the same time? One. Yeah, we sometimes like to be on stage, right? So, question is, who's better than who? Who gets to be on stage more? Have you ever thought about this? The famous, the rich? The religious, the healthy, the gifted, the prettier, the better pedigree, the better birthplaces. Who gets to be the most important? Who gets to be on stage? And I think Mrs. McGee introduced it, and I'll follow along with that question, who is better than who? Who here has more right to be on stage than anybody else? I think you know the answer to that. No one. Um, I enjoy the History Channel. So History Channel, about 10 years ago, had this show, and it said, Life After People. And it was a show about what happens when people disappear to the earth. How long until everything falls apart? How long until things go back to normal? And they came to the conclusion that the last thing standing will be like, um, I don't know, maybe Mount Rushmore? Or Crazy Horse, because they're etched in rock? And they said maybe when animals evolve back to humans, someone might look at Mount Rushmore and say, who are those people? But, but the scary thing about that is that proposed a stage in which we're not part of, in which we're not on. Uh, I'd like to read to you the introduction to that song, I mean, to, to, that, to that show. What will happen if every human on earth disappears? This isn't a story how we might vanish. It's the story of what will happen to the world we leave behind. And to the History Channel, to people who do not believe in God, to people who hold to this rigid view of naturalism and evolution, that we're just accidents on earth, and earth's just an accident, and, and we might disappear, and earth might disappear. That's very different from how I was raised, from when I was taught, maybe you too. Because I was always taught that the earth is a stage in which God puts you and I. And God created a stage, and he put Adam and Eve on stage, and God puts you and I on stage. So to me, to think that there might be life after people contradicts everything that I know, you and I know about God and reality, because the world God made for us to be on stage. Not necessarily be better, but to be on stage. And I really like this, this psalm here. Uh, can you all read it with me? 
Now, did you hear that? We are the sheep of his pasture. In other words, God made the world for us. That's the pasture, and he put us sheep there that we might be provided for and that we can manage. You catch very different than the, than the History Channel. It says, what, what's life going to be like when you and I were just accidents and highly evolved primates disappear? No, God says, I made the world, and we're the sheep, and we live on his pasture. And who's important among us? Who? All. Everyone's on stage, just not a few. Everyone's on stage. You, there's, some things, there's some things I think sometimes we forget about that deal with all of us. Now, I'm going to go back a couple years to COVID. Remember COVID? Now, now, there's some people, and they were millionaires, and, and they brought in chefs into their kitchen. I mean, I mean, their kitchen's like the size of our Applebee's, and they're talking about how bad it is for them. Really? There's people living in apartment complexes, and they're dying by the hundreds. And celebrities were, some celebrities were telling us how much they have to suffer being on their 100-acre ranch with their 8,000-square-foot home. Really? But the reality even, sorry to go on about that, the reality is, we aren't all on the same ship, but we're in the same what? Storm. That's all of us. COVID caused all of us. Um, I was in a, a surgical room once, and, and it was in my former congregation, and a person's ready to have some really heavy surgery. And, and the surgeon was a Christian. He said, said this, none of us make it out of here how? We're all the same. We're not going to get out of this earth alive unless Christ comes back. We're all the same. Scripture says this, even more pointedly. I think this goes back to the color. I think Ms. McGee brought this up. Can you read the Bible verse with me? All oh. have Yeah, God, God has sinners on stage. And the greater reality, and this was read to you at the beginning of the service, Scripture's greater reality, read that with me. Okay, yeah. So the reality is, we're on the stage, we're sinners, and the greater reality is that Jesus died for all of us. And that brings us to Abraham. There's a lot of talk today about Abraham with our world situation. Now, I'm not going to sing that. Should I sing it? Father Abraham and many sons. Do you guys ever sing that? Raise your hand. Your right arm, right leg, you know, all that stuff. I'm not going to make us do that, okay? Uh, if you want to, stay afterwards and pay $10. No, just kidding. You don't have to do that, all right? Okay. Father Abraham, many sons, many sons said, Father, Father Abraham, and I am one of them. Now, now, what does that mean? That Father Abraham's my father. What does that mean to be on stage, on Abraham's stage, that he's my father? Well, what does it mean? Well, does it mean that I've been born in the church? Is that what that means? Does it mean that I have family and family roots in the church? You know, well, by the way, my, my grandparents helped pay for those stained glass windows and my uncle was on the, on the building committee, and my grandmother used to teach Sunday school. Is that what that means? What does that mean that Abraham is my father, and I am one of his, I belong to his? Does that mean to have the correct racial makeup? No offense, any, everybody. You're a Lutheran pastor, yeah. Isn't that like for Germans? No. Isn't that for white people? No. Isn't that like for Norwegians? No. Some people think that. You know, Christianity, I've heard this, some people say Christianity is a white person's religion. Not true. In the world, it's not. Maybe in the United States, that's not true. What does it mean, Abraham's my father? Does that mean that I'm really a good person, better than others? Sometimes think that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like those bad sinners. 
I'm actually pretty good. What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, can you all read this with me? What? So God called Abraham, and God said, Abraham, I want you to be my child. And Abraham believed God, and that the promises of God would come true. And by faith, it was credited to him as righteousness, and Abraham was justified. By faith. Not, not because he's of the right race, or he's more popular, better looking, or anything. Abraham went on God's stage by grace through faith. This is what it means. What does that mean? Well, it means, can you read that? Friends in Christ, none of us are saved because we look good or we have the right family members, but we're saved because Jesus died for us. We have faith. Can you read this? Yeah, Christ died for all of us freely, and we believed, and that's what justifies us. We're justified by faith. Read this with me. And do you remember when the color turned white? If we're the color that turns white, forgiven by Christ, then we're Abraham's descendants. Now, now I hear this sometimes. It's rather controversial, so I'll bring it up. And people say, well, you know, you Christians and you Jews and you Muslims all have Abraham as your father. Well, that's really not quite true. Christians and Jews and Muslims claim Abraham as their father. But the reality is this. Can you read this with me? Covenant Abraham. Okay, so we get this, Pastor. Abraham was called by God. He believed in God's goodness. He believed the Messiah would come from him. And Abraham was God's child. And then God told Abraham, you and Sarah will have a child. And from that child and from that line will come the Messiah. And Abraham's saying, God, I'm having a hard time understanding this because I'm like 100 and my wife's like 90. People back then lived longer. I don't know, less Taco Bell and Burger Kings. I'm not sure. They just lived longer, Okay. And Abraham's saying, God, I'm not sure that Abraham and Sarah were going to have a child. And God says, yes, you will. And God said, matter of fact, Abraham, step out of your tent. Now look up at the sky. And this is before any lights. You know, before neon lights in cities, you see those stars up there. And Abraham's going, wow. Those be the number of your descendants. And go, when you walk on the seashore, go count the sand. They'll be your descendants. And what I'm trying to tell you, Abraham, is that those people will believe in Jesus, your descendant. Abraham said, I don't even have a child yet. Don't worry, it's going to happen. I already made the promise. And all peoples on earth will be blessed by you because from your seed will come the Messiah and people he called to faith. That, that's what it means. When, I say I'm, when we say we're Abraham's child, I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm part of that promise. I, I'm, I'm, you and I, we're, we're a star in the sky and we're a sand on the seashore. That, that's exactly what that means. Um, sometimes I hear this. I'm saying this out of love. Sometimes, um, let, me, let me read this. The covenant is, is those justified by grace through faith, no matter the time, the race, the background, pedigree, wealth. You heard that. You got that, okay? Uh, by the way, do you know that the Lutheran church is growing? Maybe it's not growing as fast as we'd like in defiance, but it's, blowing, it's, it's really exploding in Madagascar. 
There's more Lutherans in Ethiopia than there are in America. It's true. The church is exploding across the globe, but really not here in America. But they're all part of Abraham's children. They're all descendants. They all come by faith. You heard me talk about that before. So sometimes I hear people say this, and this, and please understand this in love. Sometimes people say, a few times you hear somebody says, Pastor, this is my church. Okay, I think that's great. What do you mean by that? This is my church. Well, what, what do you mean this is your church? Well, to some, I have special status and privileges here. So if there, I need something because my grandparents came here, my, my parents came here, and I have special rights here. With all love, I sometimes ask people, you want to get married? Why do you want to get married here? Well, because my aunt and uncle and my grandparents did. Well, I think that's great. But why do you want to be married in a church? I mean, because they got married, does that mean you get married? No, it's hard to hear. Do you have special status in church, special privileges? Well, this is my church. What do you mean by that? Or is it this? Jesus Christ, call me out of the gospel and light me with his gifts. By the way, that's Martin Luther. Dr. Martin Luther says that. Jesus Christ, call me by the gospel and light me with his gifts. And I'm part of the covenant of Abraham. By faith, I'm part of Abraham's covenant. And I'm a functioning member of what? So we can say this is my church. And of course, don't get me wrong. If you're in the hospital, loved one's in the hospital, I'll come visit. You need someone to visit, someone in hospice, I'll come visit. I don't care if they haven't been in church in 12 years. I'll still come visit and love. Don't be wrong. If somebody needs something, if somebody needs some assistance, we're going to be there to love them. Don't be wrong. We'll do that. But then this is my church. This is a place where I go and I get my sins forgiven and my life in Christ is renewed and I serve. I'm functioning. I'm a member of this body. This is my church. Abraham's descendants, children of Abraham. I like that picture. You see the picture there? What type of tree is that? There's a fruit tree, yeah. What type of fruit tree? Well, it's re- that's really a living tree. Well, how do they do that? It's not Houdini. I heard it's grafted. So bananas and plums and pears, I'm not sure if they're oranges, tangerines. I think there's some avocado. avocado. Well, I live in California. There's a couple of avocado farmers in our church. Seriously. We're avocados. Guacamole, anyone? Okay. All right, so um, they're grafted in, and that, that's a picture of the church. People new to the faith, people once been hostile to the faith come to faith, people that don't look like us, people not as wealthy as us, people wealthier than us, people better looking than us. All grafted in by Christ. That's a picture of the church. They're all Abraham's what? That's part of the stars in the, in the sky and the sands and the seashore. You and I, by grace through faith, we're up there. I'm not saying you're fruits, okay, or fruity, okay? I'm just... We're up there, okay, by grace. And so this Lenten journey, it's a journey of forgiveness of sins, and I'm, I'm a child of Abraham. And it's a journey to the cross of repentance. And by the way, when people talk about equality, the only true equality is there in Jesus and the cross. Every place else will never be there. We're all equally sinners and redeemed by Jesus, 100%. And so the mission of St. John Evangelical Church uh, Pastor, I think you forgot the word Lutheran. No, I didn't. If I'd go to Europe and I'd tell people I'm a Lutheran, they'd say, what? Go to Germany and say you're a, you're a, you're a Lutheran and say, what? I'm evangelical. Oh, you're evangelical. That means you follow the teachings of Martin Luther. Evangelical is not political. It means good news. St. John, good news church, that's who we are. 
That's why it says evangelical out there. It's Lutheran. It's good news. Matter of fact, good news before Lutheran. St. John's Good News Church to share the good news that Jesus died for who? And God is for who? And God rules over what? The earth is his. This is his stage. Through Christ, we're Abraham's children, all of us by faith. So how about this for a closing thought? Can us, Abraham's descendants, the fruits on the fruit tree, can we all read it together? And us, Abraham's children, all God's people say,